You're listening to the Mentors for Military podcast with your hosts, Robert Gowan, Rudy Lindsay, Mike Pritz, and Kat Kalin. How we doing, Robert? You uh, you at Branches show tomorrow? I am not going to be at Branches show. We have the uh, Anaheim Fit Expo coming up, oh, so I yeah. had to opt to go that way. We have a uh, a lot of military muscle out that way, so we're going to go out there and be with the fans and stuff. So uh, I would have loved to, you, though. They hit me up to come out there, and I was like, man, going to great opportunity to. <laughs> I got uh, I got my show coming up on the twentieth, Fort Worth. Oh, do you? Yeah. Oh man, I need to get a. I need to get your schedule. I know I told you that last time. I need to figure out where you're gonna be at. I'm all over the place, bro. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we got mine in Fort Worth on the 20th. If it's something you'd like to uh, come out to, let me know. I'll get you set up. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome. Sure. This is gonna be challenging <laughs> for you, Kat. There's three Roberts in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God, there is. Yeah. <laughs> The, I didn't realize that. Yes, yes, the Roberts. We we'll have taken over. With, uh, yeah, we'll go with the Bob, Rob, and Robert. See, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you coming on the show. I think it was really cool that Bob was able to hook up with you during the Branch Warren show and give me your information so that we could connect because you're doing some great things out there with Military Muscle and especially the Military Muscle Foundation and making people aware of PTSD, veteran suicide. Appreciate you coming on. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it was awesome to meet Chick while we were out there. And, you know, he's been a – I've been following him for a long time, so it was pretty cool for him to come by, you know, my booth and see what we're doing for the military. So it was awesome. Very good experience. Well, I knew uh, I knew we were in good shoes when his name was Robert. So. Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> that was the first clue. It's kind of hard to miss when you've got military muscle on your logo, and Bob's walking around, and I'd already hit him up and said, listen, we need to get a hold of a lot more veterans that are in the fitness and the bodybuilding world. Next thing you know, I get this text, hey, you know, I just stopped by this booth. You got to get a hold of this guy. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I forgot to get your t-shirt, too. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. I meant to stop yeah. back, and uh, yeah, I got busy on stage uh, hosting shows, and next thing you know, uh, that's it, but, uh, you know. We'll have to get Robert out of the large, extra large now. We've, I've had Robert no, in the no. gym, so he could be he could be in the XL category <laughs> as we speak. Yeah. There's not enough protein to do that. Cats, Kat, there are enough Roberts here for you. You know, our uh, listeners, too bad they couldn't see because you should be flexing right now to show how big your muscles are, Robert. I was going to say, you must be talking about Bob, not not me. Certainly wouldn't be flexing my muscles. Show them the guns, Robert. Show them what we've been working on, man. <laughs> Military muscle truly in the house. Yes. What's, yeah. what's really cool is the what you've been able to use as far as a brand and a branding process of that. But your whole career started off in the Air Force. And you started off as an Air Force mechanic, correct? I did. I did. I was an aircraft electrician. Electrician. Uh, okay. Yeah. Avionics. Uh Actually, E and E. Actually, E and E. Yeah, there's avionics and electricians, and actually came into the electronic career field. So, what aircraft was it that you were working on? Because I saw listed, I think, on your website about four or five different aircraft. When I first came in the service, I worked the F one seventeen. So, if you know anything about what that aircraft is, very special aircraft back then. Skunk Works is, you know, fighter, really, aka bomber. Uh, really cool aircraft to work. Um, I work F sixteens, A tens. A little bit with the F-35, but uh, that was towards the end of my career. But it was awesome. Very awesome job. How many years did you end up spending total? Um, I did 17 years, uh, and I took a program called Terra. I got out at 17 uh, actually to run military muscle full-time, so I took the leap of faith in, in going into business and 
uh, helping out, you know, veterans and active duty members. So now we were offline and everything at one time a couple of weeks back when we first started talking. You mentioned about how one thing that ties us all together as veterans is fitness and the fact that you know we always are doing physical training. We have to. We have to maintain physical training standards. We have to take the for us, the APFT or the physical training test requirement. So fitness is certainly something as a veteran that ties us all together. You took that and that concept and then started developing the military muscle of the company. Yes, yes, we did. Um, you know, first I had to dig deep and find something that I think is relatable to a lot of different branches, uh, which is really hard to do because I think, you know, if you're a Marine, you're a Marine. Like, you don't really associate with the other branches, even though we call each other uh, the military, uh, you know, we have a, a certain brotherhood to an extent. Um, but I think I wanted to find something that was an even playing field, if you will, for everybody. Uh, and fitness just seems to fit right into that. So that was like the great uh, foundation and platform that we started from. I uh, was just using fitness at first. So Now you do a lot of touring, though, along with all the different bodybuilding organizations. And, you know, that's, of course, how you met Bob Chicarello. But you try to tie in not just from a fitness of bodybuilding, but just true fitness. So if anybody has served in the military, you try to embrace them and what they're doing and health and wellness and a fitness life and a fitness attitude and approach. And it seems to be really taking off. You've got quite a following that's coming along with you, along with the ride. Yeah, we're growing uh, by leaps and bounds just because of the concept, you know, of using fitness because fitness isn't just about, you know, getting abs or, or getting big muscles like it's transformation of the mind it's a, it does a lot of things for you um, and as we were growing our community because we started off as a fitness community um, we wanted to be able to provide support you know through fitness and that attraction of fitness is kind of how we talk to people first kind of get them interested in what we're doing um, but then you know we kind of lay the the groundwork for you know what it is that we do you know the inspiration the support being in the military 17 years of service uh, you know, the military, the Air Force did really well taking care of me to an extent. Um, you know, I just from my own experience, and I can't speak for anybody else, but there were some things that could have been done a little bit better, you know, as far as support goes. And as we're building military muscle, we wanted to provide that. We wanted to be that support network for a lot of individuals. But in order, again, in order to do that, we had to connect them somehow, some way. And that's why we chose fitness. That's kind of our icebreaker. Uh, to get them in talking about fitness and, you know, going to the gym. Uh, but you realize, like, going and working out, the follow-up is what's important. It's the bullshit session afterwards. You know, after we get done working out and we're all beat, tired, like, we're bullshit and we're having a good time, that's when the real work begins as far as, like, what support means. Because at that moment, you know, after we've worked out, we've shared something, uh, we're actually talking about, you know, things that from our past or things that may have come up and, and issues and problems and why fitness is important to us in that moment. So the bullshit sessions are what's so important to a lot of what we do is to follow on to that. So You know, Rob, what's interesting is um, I've been in, obviously in the Iron Game many, many years, as we all know. But most of the best times I remember weren't actually on the stage competing, but they were in the gym. You know, the camaraderie that exists in bodybuilding and, of course, even just in the gym, like I said, some of my best friends uh, to this day, you know, came from the gym. You know, these these were guys that you trained with, along with, you shared knowledge, information. Some of them competed, some of them didn't. That, to me, is kind of the foundation, the, the real basis, like you said, of uh, what you get out of the, the, the gym, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, I definitely agree. I think, you know, when you're sharing an experience with somebody, that, that goes further than, you know, who's standing on stage with you or who's uh, in your unit and you're working next to. You know, it was never just – it was something that we were sharing together, uh, and that's what really kind of created bonds and brotherhood. Um, you know, and that's that same kind of concept that I took for my own personal career, you know, and I applied that to as we were building military muscles community. 
<clears throat> is I really wanted that that bullshit session, that piece together that we were all like kind of hanging out um, to really get that good feel, you know, like being at a barbecue, you know, we're right. all working out and we're all, yeah, having a beer, cooking up ribs, like that's exactly what we wanted. It's that fellowship. Um, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that, to me, just morale, you know, went through the roof. I did this, um, my, the latter part of my career, once I understood what being a leader was all about, um, not just being a supervisor, but being a leader. Uh, once I understood that concept, you know, I started working with my troops very differently. Um, it wasn't just about professionalism and at work, but it was about what was going on behind closed doors at their home, uh, inviting them being and spending time with them on a little bit different level. And my work environment not only improved, but my morale improved in my sections. Uh, you know, just some of the hard work that we've done, you know, through my military career, uh, you know, we were named best sections, you know, time and time again, but it was because of a certain concept and I knew that concept worked. So, yeah, you know, what's interesting about it is with working out and therapy or talk sessions is you don't have to, if you're going to have your bullshit session after you're working out, you're already exhausted. So the reserves and like the boundaries that you, you put up normally that, you know, to kind of keep you away from touching those sensitive subjects, like you're already exhausted from working out. You're with your buddies that, you know, have gone through the same things and you just eat that, that heart, that energy that you take, that leads you to depression and leads you to anxiety. You don't have to worry about it anymore. It's already filtered out from the workout and you're there with people that even if you've never met before, that's what's great about the veteran community is that we, like I bet I could connect with you instantly with just your service and my service and talking about like nuances and everything. So that is, it's such a great thing that you have put together. And I know when we were talking to Bob last week about, you know, working out and how close bodybuilding and veteran, the veteran community is so related. I mean, even if it's like civilians working out, it's just the same mentality. And I, I mean, you combine the two and like, just like you said, it's been, it's been awesome and a great experience. I'm sure for everybody that has done it with you. So the, the bottom line is guys, is it's a foundation built on bullshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, we, and we take great pride in that. <laughs> Well, there is That's a sense of ego that probably goes with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Got to start with the bullshit. Hey, that's all right. You know, every industry is built on the same. Trust me on that one. But uh, uh, Robert, the one thing I've noticed over the years is we have a lot of military uh, in and around the sport of bodybuilding. I mean, it seems that no matter where we go, whether it be competitors on the Olympia stage, uh, down into the national ranks, to local uh, people involved in businesses and companies in the industry, there is a lot of military that goes with the sport. There is a lot of military, and I think uh, the reason behind that is, you know, there's a certain drive. Uh, once you come in the military, and I think you get past, you know, the shock phase of what you're about to do and serving your country, um, I think, you know, we're kind of trained mentally to always overcome an mission. Um, and I think we're very mission-driven all the time. And if we're not doing something that's mission-driven, uh, I think, you know, that we sit at idle, and that's not where a lot of military people sit. They don't like sitting at idle. So competition is, you know, again, through fitness because we have to be physically fit to do our jobs and do go out and, and train. That way, <laughs> it's awesome just, just what fitness does and, and that motivation and that mindset uh, because it's, it's putting that thing out in front of you, knowing you're going to go get it. It's just like accomplishing a mission. If you were to tell me, you know, like, I need this done, we're going to figure out a way to do it. And I love the fact that I go out and I see so many military people out bodybuilding or, you know, other veteran-owned companies uh, because for the most part, uh, I think we all have the same mindset, you know, is that we're very driven individuals. You know, we really want to make a difference, and we're going to accomplish those goals because of the tools we were given through the military. So, You know, what's interesting, guys, especially Kat, as you're getting ready for that, that crazy hiking thing you got coming up uh, a little bit later in the year, 
I see a lot of parallels with the military and bodybuilding in that, or I should be specific with that contest prep. It's all based on repetition. You do the same thing at the same time every day. It's meals on time. It's sleep on time. You know, we are creatures right. of habit when it comes into bodybuilding. Um, you get very regimented, and even in what you're wearing to the gym, there's a certain, like I remember having certain shirts I would like, uh, like on arm day or, you know, a certain thing you'd wear for leg day. Well, it's true. You know what I mean? You just yep. get into this kind of, this mode, you know, of, of, uh, repetition, but that's what bodybuilding is all about, but it's very military in, in that, you know, the, the focus, the drive, the determination, like I say, getting a goal oriented, uh, show to shoot for, you know, competition. A lot of people can't do it. Unless they have an actual show in mind, it's very difficult. It's a discipline. For them. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. it's the very essence of discipline, Robert. Right. Where, like, I even remember myself. Like, if I didn't have a show to compete for, it was very difficult for me to like get cardio in every day. And this wasn't even a question when you had a show coming up because you knew in twelve weeks you were going to be on stage in front of thousands of people. Right. You know, wearing a slingshot up on stage. So I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah. bottom line is is you know you were doing it one way or the other, but you knew it was coming. Right. You weren't missing. I never missed a day of cardio. I never missed a meal. Uh, I never missed a workout for any reason at all in in twenty years. You know, plus of competing. So right. it's interesting how that how everybody's going to know whether or not you worked out as soon as you hit that stage with that slingshot on. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that, and that's just the thing. It's like it, you look at it as an individual. You have to have that individual mindset. But what drives us is that you're you're creating an environment of like-minded individuals. And I was just thinking yeah. when you were talking, like when I did the CST program with all those women that went and worked with special forces, it was incredible to me because I was surrounded by people like me. So in, a, in an essence, I mean, you could, you're not really dealing with pogues. You know what I'm saying? So like you go in there, you know you're going to have individuals that are driving you and are pushing you, and there's a healthy competition because they are your biggest fan also. And even for those guys that who may become pogues that walk in there, like you have such a – there's such a heavy – mindset and environment in that gym and, and and just with like bodybuilding too like there's so much like that alpha male alpha female is just like <laughs> you're just sweating it all the time that you're going to change that perspective and get them out of that you know depression or anxiety or anything that they may be you know coming back with from war so uh, it's not that for me especially like i'm doing this long walk and saturday or sunday actually i did 18 miles and it was it is so terrible because i'm out there by myself just walking around like a crazy person and you know what keeps me dri driven and my husband he's like why are you doing this this is so silly it's like because i put it out there and there's a purpose behind it and there's people that are rooting for me so that's why i'm doing this and that's what keeps me going and just like bob said like you have if you have that goal and it's there and people know that you're going to do that you got to hold up to what your what your word is robert you know this there's not always going to be people that are going to be the buff people like you had mentioned or the people that we're given the God gift genes. Of course, you know, I'm sitting here next to Bob and there's no way that we have anything comparable as far as genes. We have the same name and uh, we're like we're like bookends sitting here. Look at us. I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm mixing you guys up all the time. I can't tell like, which is who. When like twins. Talking. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. So I mean you've got these different people in different walks of life and when they start hearing about fitness or bodybuilding and all that, the first thing that comes into their mind is that you're gonna be B V, you're gonna build up bulk and the whole bit, but that's not necessarily true. It could be more for endurance, stamina, agility or whatever that comes into play. Well, in the mind, and that's what yeah. Rob was keying on is is uh a lot of it, most people aren't competitive bodybuilders. I mean, we're a very small percentage. We're we're an O point one you know, of the population. Most people don't compete and have no, no, no aspirations of getting on stage. It's for the mental toughness, honestly, to me, the regimen of it, it keeps people on track. 
It gives them some focus. And that, to me, uh, Robin, it's probably what you've seen uh, through your time as well. Um, that's what leads people to be more focused and regimented in other aspects of their lives. Really, bodybuilding in, in effect or weightlifting, whatever you want to call it. Going to the gym, seeing the boys every time you go there. You know, but the regimen of showing up every single day. Training, eating properly, you know, getting your rest and all that kind of stuff. Not to mention somebody's counting on you. Yeah, well, and that's the other thing. You know, yeah. listen, we do it ourselves, Robert. Yeah. We're, you know, eh, I don't know. What do, what do you think, man? I got to get Bob out of the his, uh, out of the bed all the time. It's like, come on, Bob, let's yeah. go to the gym. Yeah, actually, he's pushing. That's the ironic part. He's pushing me most of the time. I'm like, I don't know, man. He's like, come on, bro, let's go. You know, but sometimes that's all you need is your buddy. You know, you know your buddy wants to go or he's there at the gym. Yeah. Maybe you would have blown it off. Maybe you wouldn't. But to me, the mental aspect. Uh, of what bodybuilding brings, uh, and this kind of comes full circle with that. This is what keeps people to drive and focus in other aspects of their life, be it business, home and family, that type of thing, Rob. Yeah, whenever um, you know we were looking at military muscle and we were building this thing out, uh, you know, the me switching over from being active duty to being a veteran, um, everything that you were saying. So um, I had somebody talk to me. You know, they they had been retired for about 15 years. Uh, you know, I was getting ready to retire at 17 years, still early in the game, but you know, long enough to where you've had 17 years of a schedule of your life. And when you take that schedule away, you're lost. Yeah. In fact, I had no idea what I was going to do. And the biggest piece of advice I got was make yourself a schedule, no matter what it is. Yeah. Make yourself yeah. a schedule. Keep the regimen. Yeah, exactly. That keep that regimen. And that's how, you know, very parallel to what you guys are doing, man. It was, um, and I, I didn't understand that at first. He was like, it doesn't matter. If you got out of bed, get out of bed at the same time. Check your email, check your email at the same time. Make yourself a schedule for your civilian life. Uh, it took me a really, probably at least four or five months to even understand that. And once I did, though, and I wrapped my head completely around that, I was like, wow, I feel so much better because I was in such a dark place following my retirement. You know, no mission in front of me. Even though I had military muscle, um, it's, it's just not like being in military service. Uh, but once I could understand, you know, how I could really be effective in my community, that's when things changed all of a sudden. Um, keeping myself very regimented, uh, you know, and what I was doing in my daily activities, you know, growing my business, talking with people. Uh, I just made myself a really great schedule, and that's what drove me. It drove me uh, really hard in the last two years, and I use that same piece of advice, uh, and I give that out to a lot of people, is make yourself a schedule. We've Please, said that so many we said it so many times on different podcasts too about that transition. That's probably one of the hardest aspects actually is keeping a regimen or making a uh, a schedule of what you're going to do, keeping yourself accountable to it, those types of things. That's it's one of the things that a lot of people have struggle with when they come off active duty because they're kind of like a fish out of water. Nobody's telling them they got to get up at five o'clock in the morning. They've got to go show up at a PT formation or they've got to go out and, you know, ruck today because you've got a six mile ruck or an 18 mile ruck that's coming up. And, you know, it's not this kind of regimen that's in there that forces that individual to do it. So they end up falling into the kind of civilian mode of, well, I don't really need to do that. I'll put it off to tomorrow kind of mode. I also like what you've done in by creating this organization, though, you've created a way that allowed you to start connecting more with the military community and keeping veterans with veterans. That's probably helped you as well with the transition, is that you're able to keep that connection going with people who understand and are like-minded. That's very similar to what Kat was talking about. Um, you know, it's when you get around solid our people, when you get around our veterans, and, and you can sit around and, and you just automatically know it. And this is where the branches honestly didn't matter at this point, you know, and nobody, I think when you're active duty, it's everybody's, you know, like whatever about it. But when you're a veteran, I mean, it's, 
as long as we're in the same room, it's like everybody can breathe a little bit. They're like, oh, whew, you, yeah. you know exactly what I went through. You know, you've been yeah. there, you've done that, and it puts everybody at ease a little bit. But that's what people need, too, because as a, in your civilian life, uh, just like, again, what Kat was talking about, sometimes you find yourself by yourself, uh, and you don't know how to function, you know, and that's, and that's terrible because that's what the onset of, you know, all the things that we're dealing with today as a veteran, you know, PTSD, veteran suicide thoughts, you know, these things of loneliness, um, these things all add up. Uh, and, you know, trying to get that statistic down, that's what we were going after was let's start connecting more veterans together. Because if I can create a new line of network for you uh, through what I'm doing, then that's what I want to do. Uh, because I want to fill space and time because that's what we're finding out, you know, through veteran suicide is you're never going to not have suicidal thoughts ever. That's always going to happen. If you're a, a suicidal individual, those thoughts will always come. It's how much time and distance can we put in from the last time you thought about it. Uh, and if I can fill that time and distance with great people, great memories, great things that we're doing, then I'm doing my part to, you know, help my veteran community. So that's kind of the, the approach that we took for that. You're filling the gap there. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of veterans they have the struggle with is that when they get out, they feel like they have to go back to where they're from. And they forget, like, okay, yeah, I was in the military for 10, 20 years. You go back to where you're from, you're like, where the hell has that time gone? And you're there by yourself. You're there with people that just don't understand you. Honestly, with me, it was they were just angry with me because I was a different person, which made me angry at them because I had no idea what was going on. So I think one of the things, too, that veterans need to realize, because we all, most of us, we're not into social media. We're not into go. You know, we're not supposed to be putting out our lives on it because it's it's a risk factor, and it could essentially get our families hurt or us hurt. So, but what's great about social media in that aspect, and like what we're doing here, doing the podcast, is that there are networks out there, and social media is your friend when it comes to this because it keeps us connected. And even though we may, you know, be four or five hours away this way or across the water we still can be connected and we can still pick up the phone or still get on Facebook and say, Hey, how you doing? You know, I haven't heard from you in a while. And that's what, you know, like, like you said, like making that gap larger so that that doesn't, you don't have those thoughts or you don't have those tendencies or you don't slip into that depression is that one little call, one little like, Hey guy, how are you doing? Could definitely just instantly send somebody like, Oh, I'm do I'm okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody cares because ultimately it's your mindset is that it's what's going on internally and you don't see what's going on outside. So I think like what, like you said, is just keeping that connection and keeping that gap larger and, and constantly checking on your buddy. Here's a, awesome. uh, here's a question for all three of you from the outsider perspective. But uh, I remember getting ready for competitions and, and the deeper you got into it, the closer to game day, it's usually a three or four month, uh, month venture. So the one thing I would notice though, is that the closer I got to the show, the more I would resent regular people, so to say, um, almost I almost want to say like you'd be in a restaurant and you you know now again you're eating sawdust you know what I mean and you know <laughs> chicken breast and broccoli you know what I mean it's all plain there's nothing on tilapia, it tilapia yeah yeah all that stuff you know what I mean but you look over and there'd be somebody there with a, a giant cheeseburger just dripping with cheese and stuff and you'd almost have a resentful type attitude. Now, this isn't somebody you know. I mean, it's just, you know, guys got some weight to lose or whatever, but you'd almost have a resentment. I always wondered if the, if military people looked at, like, civilians in the same type of method where it's like, look, at you know, you're undisciplined, you're out of shit, you know, this and that. Like, I, I don't know if it's just a dieting thing or something, but... No. I, oh, my God. Bob, <laughs> you should meet my husband. It is <laughs> so, the, like, he is... You know, like, with rangers, they have the... You can always point out a ranger because they have the big white thighs and the little tiny black shorts. You know what I mean? They have their black t-shirts. I mean, you can just kind of... Those ranger panties. Out, but, yeah, what'd you call yeah. those things? Ranger, ranger, ranger panties. Of course, ranger I think panties. the Marine Corps call them silkies and Rob, I don't know. I think you yeah. guys advertise them as silkies, right? 
Yeah. But it is. It's, I, like what you were saying, it's so true because you look at it and you're like, man, like, especially if you're hurt. If you're an individual that has been hurt in the military and you can't right. do the things that you used to and you're busting your ass every day just trying to keep the pounds off and you see like what you fought for in the next booth over. Right. <laughs> exactly. Chins, it's a little irritating. Yeah, yeah. I would say, yes, it, it does happen because a lot of times like we can not only like the physical issues, but the mental issues. You're like, man, you are completely comfortable with what's going on right there. And I... And just constantly pissed off at the world. Like, right, right, right. There, okay, you know? so it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, no. No, I, I think that there's a disconnect, and actually, at times, that disconnect is getting wider because the civilian community wants to embrace the military community for what we're doing as far as veterans and what we've done in the, the war and stuff like that. That's great. But I think the disconnect and understanding between the two sides is widening at times because we don't understand truly one another. And it's not well, that it's worse now because yeah. of the entitlement age, yeah, which makes right. it ten times worse. You it's don't uh, generation selfie. Well, exactly. Yeah. They're 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 coming into the military. They're coming out and they're looking for that sense of entitlement when they walk out the door. They're looking for that handout. Where's that opportunity? Where's that nonprofit that's going to actually give me a scholarship to go to school? Or uh, I don't have to work because you know I serve my country, and that's that shouldn't be the attitude as well. So I mean. There, there's always going to be that bad on both sides of the fence type of thing. But sure, I think there is a sense of better when veterans sometimes look at individuals on the civilian side, there is going to be an occasion where they're not going to look or as Or even favorable. within the military. Yeah. I mean, you can see that guy in the uniform that is like busting at the seams and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like I get, I get reprimanded for insubordination and that guy I, is still in the military. I always, like, uh, <laughs> I always see those pictures oh. on Instagram or whatever, those guys that, oh yeah, I, I, I don't know how they survive, how they end up passing or going by the, the test and stuff or body weight fat and I don't know how they pass. Well, it. now it's it's changing because the the times are different. But to backtrack, yeah, no, it's. I think if you if you have that very type A, uh, dedicated personality, you're gonna you probably will resent a few people that are just a little bit sloppy. Well, Rob, <laughs> I don't know uh, if that's the same with you, Rob. You put together military muscle. What is the biggest benefit that you see for people that you know, come in? I don't know if you actually join or if it's just something you become a part of. Or but what's the biggest benefit you see of veterans that are a part of military muscle? The biggest benefit I've seen over the four and a half years that I've done this is is the community feel of self worth. You know, like now that you're a military member, I think a lot of people don't know what they can do from there, uh, where they stand, or if they can do anything at all. Which I've I've come to find, which is kind of crazy, uh, is so many veterans are very unspoken, but they want to do so much and they want to help people and they want to be inspiring and they want to be supportive of other individuals, just an all around, you know, good individual. Yeah. Um, but they don't know how to do that. Uh, and through military muscle, we've actually connected people, put them on platforms, uh, you know, put them in places to where now they're able to be infectious in their area or in their social media realm or whatever it is that they're, they're using for their platforms. But that's the best thing I've seen is, is to kind of give people a direction and purpose, uh, following suit very closely to what Military Muscle does. The first two years we started Military Muscle, we didn't step out of social media ever. We did YouTube videos, Facebook. Uh, we started Instagram late in the game. Uh, we were doing some apparel, nothing crazy. Uh, but that was about it. The first time we went to an expo, I was like, oh, man, you know, what a stressor to go to this fitness expo. <laughs> right. No one's going to ever, no one's going to show up. Like, who nobody knows us at all, right? And I was like, oh, we got all this badass apparel. Like, people are going to love it. They're going to just love it. 
So the apparel was great. Honestly, it was good. Everybody loved that. Um, I, actually, a lot of people came out, blew my mind. Uh, but the one thing that I heard that's been consistent over the last two years uh, and still today is I love what you guys do. It wasn't about the apparel. It wasn't the, right. you know, what we were doing in the apparel industry. It's about what we're doing as our mission because we're a mission-driven apparel company. Yeah. Uh, but what we love what you guys do. And I was like, man, what are they talking about? You know, and it, my first after that first expo, I went back on this long drive back. You know, it was about eight hours home. You know, drove out there. Uh, and that's all I did. I was I was wired because the, the show went amazing, and so many people came out to support military muscle. But it was what do we do? And I had to sit down and go, man, we've really created something and a change in the industry because we're giving people some direction. We're giving them an identity again uh, and a place to stand. You know that we're all the same. You know because we want to be great individuals. We want to do great things for our military. We want to do great things for other people. Uh, and I took this thing from, you know, again, when I was in service, I know I'm not going to infect the, the Air Force. I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do that. Again, when I, once I found out what being a leader was, I knew I could only be infectious in my area. Uh, and if I could do that, that means I can infect that person, which eventually would affect their network. And that's what I wanted to do. I want them to be infectious in their network from what I was doing uh, because it just made for a better atmosphere to work, but also it made things better in their life too. Which again, taking that same concept as we built out military muscle, but that's what we did. You yeah. think about military muscle as just the brand, and when you think about that, if you just wear something that says military muscle and you're a veteran, whether you're talking about fitness or you know working out or bodybuilding, the muscle aspect doesn't necessarily have to go along with the physical aspect. It's military muscle. Hear me roar! I'm a veteran. You know we're one, unified with your active duty veteran. Again, it's that connection, that brotherhood, sisterhood, that family that we were talking about in the very beginning. That's a great brand that says all of that in just the name. It, it really speaks to it. Well, we were uh, coming up with the name Military Muscle. You know, it was very early in the game. And, you know, we're, me and my, my partner were going back and forth. We were talking about it. And he's a, he's, he's a type A guy. You know, he's very into, into fitness. And, you know, he was just a lot of things and been in a couple magazines and different things. But what's cool is because I'm a I'm a very opposite side of the house, so it came together as a great relationship. Um, because when I took military muscle, very much just like you said, I liked that military muscle as the muscle being all the military service and branches. Yeah. Um, it wasn't necessarily again. It wasn't about going to the gym. It was about what we could do as a unity uh, and how we can change what veterans do now and what we're going to do in the future. Um, and it's connecting people on a more positive note. Um, there's a lot of negativity, which you guys know that, especially today with in the veteran community. Actually, just an active duty, in, like you were talking about the selfie uh, age. Like this is it's a, it's completely true. These guys come in with a very different attitude, you know. And I want to help do what I can to change that. Uh, and it's connecting all these people because I figure if we can be very infectious to our military, we're going to kind of get back some of that credibility. I think that we've tarnished along the way. Uh, with some of the newer generations, because unfortunately, I feel like we've tarnished a little bit because of the attitude that they have. Uh, with social media, things go so viral. I've seen so many things of people getting out of the military, and the first thing they do is they want to bash the military. They want to bash our leadership. I get that. Do we all make mistakes? We do. You're entitled to your opinion. I get that. But are you helping or hurting the problem? Right. You know, and I, I definitely, from my view and where I sit and what I'm building, I want to help what's going on you know i'm not going to sit here and point fingers and blame what could have changed for me i'm going to help these younger individuals or maybe even people who are been around a while see things from a different view and perspective 
uh, and give them something else to think about because that's that's how I want to attack it. Back in the day, you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem. And exactly. Yeah, so what, what are you doing to actually make an impact? Are you just standing on the sidelines being a cheerleader and raising your voice about what you see as the problem? I think taking action and what you're doing and what you're talking about really, in essence, is mentoring. You're mentoring these young individuals who have not seen what it was like really without social media and are coming up within it. And it is still kind of in its newest uh, form. So it it's another way to speak and communicate that has not been really considered from the private sector, how corporate America is going to evaluate them, how the rest of the world perceives them, the image that we're portraying. And even when you talk about things like PTSD and suicide, although it is a problem within our veteran community, the statistics show that it's really the numbers are a lot smaller. It's not an issue that goes across the board. Not 100% of all veterans have PTSD. And so in some cases, you start getting the negative perceptions that are already out there and building that divide between the civilian and veteran community, we don't want to actually step on that and do it even more harm by creating the types of things on social media like you're describing that adds to it. You know, it just right. doesn't help the whole cause. Gentlemen, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing a, uh, a grouping. I propose mentors for military muscle. <laughs> <laughs> the 4M group. I love it. <laughs> Oh, I love it. <laughs> See, what would it be? Uh, M. It's not M squared. Then. It would <laughs> be uh, M to the fourth power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the fourth power. <laughs> I like it. You want to create that domino effect of how it's like, and I always I preach this all the time. It's like, okay, we understand that you have these feelings, and this is how you you want them to be voiced. But what people don't understand nowadays is that when they voice those opinions, it creates a, a fire. You know what I mean? And, and people don't understand that you really need to self-reflect and actually think about what your opinions are going to do to the next person. So what you're like, what you're doing, and, and we like to talk about this a lot, is that really not getting emotional and thinking about the bigger picture on who this is really going to affect is what matters. And how you're mentoring and how that's going to go up to society and do that domino effect is going to is, is what we're trying to do here too. Is really make waves and change society's thought process. We're, we're essentially battling the selfie generation on trying to make people think about everyone else but themselves. Exactly what I've, what I've seen in this last year of uh, being in social media, especially, um, there's a lot of, high, I call them high-powered veterans. There are. There's some guys out there in social media who have, that can make a wave effect. A lot of this stuff is all happening through what I call shock and awe. Uh, you guys know exactly what that is, shock and awe type social media. Um, and they've grown their numbers dramatically from that. But the problem is that these shock and awe, these shock jocks, if you will, you know, social media, they're attracting a lot of people and a lot of opinions. I mean, now uh, what, what you have to be careful is, is those guys are business killers. Those guys are social media killers. They will take their band of people who are standing behind this thing and, like, take out whatever is in front of them. So these social media uh, empowered individuals now that are veterans, you have really got to be careful on what you're talking about, what you're preaching about, uh, and, and what you're doing, uh, because you can necessarily change things for people uh, or in or other businesses and veteran businesses by one conversation, you know, that you're having with uh, with your social media. Uh, and I've seen it happen 
And it's unfortunate, you know, that these guys are not thinking about, like you're saying, Kat, they're not thinking about these things. They're not thinking about the power that they hold currently uh, in social media. So even though military muscle, we're, we're not a shock and awe kind of group. It's taken us a long time to get here uh, because we, we didn't want to be shock and awe. You know, there's a difference, I think, in shock and awe is you're going to find some value in that in the very beginning, and then eventually, to me, I think you'll fall off, you know, and you come back every once in a while. But having a community built strong, you're always going to be around and be a part of what we're building. So it's very two different opposite things. But as I talk to these other individuals, I'm now rubbing elbows with a lot of these social media uh, empowered people. And the thing that I want to walk away with them, as I talk to them, I, this is what I'm telling them, you know, like, hey, we need to all sit down and think about what it is that we're talking and preaching out in social media. Um, I understand you guys have your way of doing business, which is, which is great. You guys are, you know, no one's going to ever tell you what to do. But you can very much be very careful on who you're attacking and what you're saying through social media. Yeah. Uh, because if we're not careful, you know, I've seen the guys who are bashing military leadership, you know, time and time and time again. That does not make me feel comfortable when I know, as our country, we need great people to join the military and go out and do the great job that I just left. And if I don't have that because you turn them off, that's unfortunate. You know, like we're not going to get the best of the best in our military that we're accustomed to. Um, and I also seen the other point of that, which is people who are veteran um, social media people who, who go out and bash businesses, you know, because they think that their business, it, just because they did something, it's terrible. And that business will fold. Right. Like that's, that's unfortunate, too, for all the hard work, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into that person's business. You know, I want to eventually bring all these people in one room. That's like a goal of mine and sit down and take all this energy and all this, this motion forward and figure out how we can solve veteran problems one at a time with all these people. I think we're directing a lot of energy in different places, and I think having a direction with a lot of energy in the one focus area, we're going to solve a lot of these veteran suicide issues these other support issues, or getting things done through the government that actually absolutely need to happen in order for our veterans and FG members to be taken care of instead of going out and just causing chaos. Because and, I feel like we're almost in chaos right now. And you're bridging that divide between the civilian community and the military community because make no mistake about it, there are a lot of non-veterans or non-military individuals that are also following these high-profile profiles on social media that we were just describing as well so the statements that they're making is presenting a perception out there and can potentially widen that divide even further that's not a good thing as well so they're really coaching or mentoring whether they realize it or not exactly and in exactly. some cases they they may be speaking for all of us you know because exactly. of that you think power. about it too you have if you have a high following and you're making such an impact like with that impact and that influence because you have more responsibility and you really have to i mean it's just i always like i have three young girls and i'm trying to create you know functioning members of society and it's the same thing with everybody that you're impacting on social media everything you say how you act how you do has a as a, a ripple effect on the people that follow you and like you said like you could have done these amazing things in the military and come out, you're a veteran advocate, but now you kind of get on your high horse and you're, you're thinking that you can speak your opinion about everything. Well, those individuals that are going to be joining the military or are in the military, like growing up in the ranks and eventually going to be influencing the younger generation, you're creating the wrong environment and the wrong learning structure. And I, like you said, it's, it's so important that all of these, we need to get all these individuals together and kind of like, 
bring them to like a coming to Jesus. I'm like, Hey, you want this to stop? Like we have to, we have to take accountability for who we are and what we, how we want to be represented because ultimately we are going to defeat ourselves. I mean, Bob, you know all too well about social image and building a brand and the fact that when you're in the spotlight like that, that people are going to be following you, listening to every word that you have and oh, yeah. how careful you've got to be because just that quick, it can also destroy your image and your brand that you're you're thinking you're creating. Well, the worst argument I've ever heard is from, uh, again, in my world of professional bodybuilders. Like, look, at I'm not... You know, uh, no, nobody made me an idol. You know, like I didn't get into this, you know, like almost as if they have no accountability uh, to the younger generation or people coming up. Say, so look, at I'm no role model. I just do what I do kind of thing. It's like, look, at you don't have any choice. Okay. The minute you put yourself on a public platform and you're a champion in any way, shape or form, you are a role model, uh, whether you want to be or not. And you yeah. have a responsibility, whether you want it or not, uh, you know, to kind of do and say the, the right things. Now, you can have your own brand, you can have your own attitude, and you can have your own opinion. Nobody's taking any of that away from you. Uh, but you do have a responsibility, in my opinion, um, you know, to put forth an image out there for others to follow. There's a place uh, and a time. There's a place and a time, exactly. And and you guys both have, have uh, businesses now that you put together that does exactly that. It's to set people in motion t t kind of on the right path. Yeah. Uh, look at guys, we're coming from experience, okay? I'm, we're telling you this. We were in The difference is we were in your shoes. You haven't been in our shoes. All right, that's really the main the main uh, point there. Uh, so you're coming from a place of experience, and if people would listen, and, and that's part of the problem with Generation Selfie is they know everything. And I hate to say that because I hate to be that we're actually our parents now. Yeah, you know, like, well, you know, back in our day, and you know, hey, kids today don't listen. You know, you, you hate to even say those words because yeah. you know because we heard these words. With our parents and our uncles and aunt, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's it's kind of interesting now that you know we're in that boat now. Uh, but it's very true, and yeah, times have changed. You know, like Kat says, you know, it's a very different world today than it was 20 years ago. You know, before Al Gore invented the internet and all that kind of good stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a very different place yeah. now. You know, and you know, for various you know thousands of reasons, and that's a whole other show. Um, but what I like that you guys are doing is, you know, you're putting it out there and you're instructing the younger generation. Look at the one. The also the big difference is we're here now. You know, you didn't have that kind of guidance before. You couldn't get to thousands and thousands of people as you guys do, especially, uh, you know, with your uh, podcast, Robert. You can get to, to masses now, where in the old days that, that was merely impossible. Um, you know, and there was three channels on TV and it was going off the air at, at midnight, you know, <laughs> you know, with the American flag waving and all that kind of good stuff that we remember. Uh, right. So um, I think both of what you guys got is a very noble cause. And uh, it would be nice if people would give you guys a time. Listen to what you have to say and, and listen to the message that you're sending out there. Listen and learn from the older, wiser generation. No offense, Robert. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're talking about Robert. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Robert Principal. Oh. Anybody named Robert. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> well, it's not just that either. It's we're the type of individuals that want to learn from you as well. You know, it's not like we're coming over coming out there wanting to over overpower society. It's just that we see things a little differently and I, I really think that if we can come to some common ground, we could make a huge difference. Exactly what you were talking about, Chick, the, the role model piece. Like, that sticks out in my mind so much is I heard, I've heard this so much in the last four years about guys who are, like, really, you know, individuals who are high up in social media, you know, like, ah, oh, that attitude, right? It's that, I do what I want to do. I didn't ask you to be right. a role model. I, right. didn't, what, I didn't ask you to follow me. I'm doing me. Like, yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. But it's exactly that, though. You, 
you are somebody's role model, no matter if you like it or not. And I feel like you, there's some things that you can do. Again, it's about society. It's about looking at what we're building here as in the United States, you know, and looking at our country. You have such an impact with people and individuals. How are you going to use that? Are you going to continue to just go off and do your own thing and, and not have any impact? This is your chance to right. make an impact, make some changes. And they don't, you know, everybody has positive changes that they think they can make. I think they should do that. I think you should take and really embrace the fact that, that you should be a role model. Someone said that to me before, like, well, I can't be with military muscle because I don't want to be somebody's role model. <laughs> I was kind of blown away. I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, man, he's like, yeah, it's no offense. You know, it's just you guys are looking for it's just not what I am. He goes, I'm, I'm a role model because I'm not somebody's role model. I just want to do what I want to do. And I was like, you know, I had to go back and think about that. I'm like, is my brand – at that time, I didn't really think, you know, that we were we were looking for role models. I was looking for people who were impacting, you know, where sure. they were at. Sure. Um, and then I, I just came. It was like the lights went on, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to embrace the fact that my brand wants to have role models. Yeah. Because and, I, that's, and then, that's what I want. And, and you positive. know, uh, and let's make no mistake. Some of that commentary from some of these people is a little bit disingenuous. The old, I didn't ask to be a role model, and I'm just being me, and... Yeah, listen, there's more bullshit that, uh, that's uh, the foundation uh, of what we're talking about. Listen, if you're putting yourself out on social media, if you have a YouTube channel, if you're uploading videos, if you've got a camera on you 24-7 as, as you're kicking around, you are absolutely putting yourself out there. This isn't, it's not like somebody just happened to be following you around with a camera and happened to capture whatever you're doing and people found it interesting. Listen, they absolutely, you know, that's just downplaying the app. Ah, you know, I just, uh, it is what it is, yeah. you know. But no, you are absolutely putting yourself out there. You're looking for likes. It's reality TV on Instagram. Exactly. It's reality TV on Twitter. Make no mistake about it. Everyone that joked about those things when they first came out oh. about, oh, well, I'm going to sit there and watch somebody else with a stupid camera being followed <laughs> right. around with a microphone. And guess what? You did. And now you're doing it. So you got to be very careful about what you're saying, the image you're portraying, what you're putting out there. Because unfortunately, you are influencing another generation, or one way or the other. One, one way or the other, right? Yeah. It can be positive or it can be negative, and that's what Rob's saying is: Look, man, if you're going to be in that, you know, like that guy you were talking to, I don't want to be a role model. Well, I mean, I guess you got that right. I mean, not everybody's comfortable being out in front, or they, you know, hey, who am I? I think some of that's probably more of a, a case of uh, that they don't hold themselves in high enough esteem that maybe they think they should be a role model. But and I think that's the exact opposite of what it should be. Now, look at. Not all role models are created equal. Some people clearly have more impact on people than others. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of it is in the hip hop community, or you know, some other mean, you know, the Kardashians or, or something like that, where you know, they listen. They have a tremendous amount of followers and a tremendous amount of people. They say something, you know, good or bad, people listen. You know, so there's different levels of that. But if you know, if you're an upstanding citizen, if if you're a veteran, you know, that's held in high regard, you know, you can impact a whole lot of people in a real good way if you put yourself out there like that. Well, the minute you do put yourself out there like that, it's, you are creating an agenda regardless. So if you want your agenda and everything on it to be positive, then you have to, you have to be responsible and take accountability for yourself. And the problem is, is that the spotlight is on you because you put it on yourself. So the minute that you want to act like a jackass, then it's gonna, it, it will have that, people will see that. 
Well, Rob, and, and then your brand is going to fail. You and I both know, Rob, that trying to create the brand or at least trying to create the image and being out there on social media and putting pictures or doing all these types of things, that is a job. That takes work. I mean, so for somebody to say that they're not putting specific pictures with specific statements or all this type of stuff out there is not part of their agenda or not part of their whole thing, their shtick. Come on, give me a break. I mean, you're totally right. doing that. I love that you're you're wanting to actually state a different way of doing that. Let's get the folks together and say, hey, listen, whether or not you realize it or not, you have a voice. People are listening, but what if we channeled that in the right direction? Think about the power of what that should be or could be, especially when you're talking about veterans. We had a set of standards, ethos, you know, that we live by, and you usually don't forget those when you walk out the door. They're still with you. And so I think... For me, at least, as an older veteran, I want to embrace those things in the new younger generation and stuff and make sure that it carries forward after service because you are a veteran voice out there, whether you realize it or not, especially if you're in the limelight. Yeah, we're looking at um, the concept I had last year called a veteran conference. I got to, again, I got been very blessed to talk to some, some really empowering social media veterans, you know, that are really doing some things on their own. Uh, and I was like, man, you know, what a great idea would it be to have everybody just in this room? And I started talking to some of these, you know, we're really, really looking to try to put something together, uh, put a veteran conference together. It'd be the first of its kind to stick a bunch of high powered social media veterans in that the room would be cool. and let's talk about solving issues. Uh, let's sit at the big round table. Let's put it all out on the table and let's figure it out. You know, let's talk about impact. Let's talk about what you're doing in your lane. Let's forget about that. Let's take some issues, and how can we focus and fix this issue? You know, if veteran suicide is an issue, we have the greatest individuals in one room, in my mind, because you have so much impact. You have so much engagement. Why not take that and talk more about how we can solve the veteran suicide issue, how we can get out and get more resources for things like that? Uh, Because that's what we should be talking about. I think Not it's a great idea. I think uh, that'd be uh, clearly unique. I think it would be a, a great attribute, you know, to the to the uh, military community. You got to do me one favor though. You got to have the keynote speaker as Tank. <laughs> <laughs> I have talked to him about it. I have. Ah. He's very interested. Yeah, he's very interested. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, talk about high energy. Yeah. <laughs> Tank Machine, I like that guy. He's funny. He makes me laugh. <laughs> you got to like a guy with the name of Tank Machine. I mean, it, it just doesn't get any better than that, Robert. This is the second time that you brought him up, Bob. You must. Uh, I like Tank. Right. You know what I like about Tank? He's out there to have fun. I mean, I talked to yeah. him at the show we were at, Rob, and uh, he's a mile a minute, as you know. He's all over the place. He's a complete nut. He was out there with the midget wrestlers beating up on him on stage, having a blast. But he said outright, look, it, I am here to have fun. I'm here to go spread a good time and, ha- and, and fun with everybody I, I go into. He says, I go uh, to military bases all over the place. This guy's living life, man. You know, whether you agree, disagree, he's got some colorful language and stuff, and that, that, that's cool, you know, but he's there to have fun, man. I mean, this is a guy that epitomizes the idea of going. Listen, he's not depressed. He's not sitting around. You know, he's, he's not having thoughts and feeling sorry for himself or anything. He's out there at the front leading the charge of, look, man, this is life, guys. Let's have some fun doing it. And, and I, I, I like that energy. I like a guy like that who can get out there and, and inspire people to smile and laugh. And, I mean, listen, half the time you're laughing at him or with him, but you're laughing either way. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit more about your foundation, because part of military muscle is also the foundation, which is providing that voice or at least trying to bring awareness to PTSD and veteran suicide. As we came up with um, the foundation, you know, I wanted, yeah, I looked around to see, you know, who, who could we partner with? Because that was my initial thought is I wanted to partner with a really great organization and kind of help veterans, you know, through that way. A lot of companies do that. I just couldn't bring myself to, to work with another organization because it's about what, again, what I feel I can do for my community. And I want to have eyes on that, hands on that, and do it my way, which is, you know, it's just different. I like the more direct help approach, and the foundation is what we call rehabilitation of mind, body, and soul through fitness. Um, it's using the fitness platform. Uh, it's using it to create uh, energy to you know, take you from this place to this place, uh, and it's creating resources to do that. Uh, we want to be a direct resource, you know, nonprofit organization. We want to be able to offer a resource center in the future. That's our big, big, big goal, uh, where it's a facility where military, actually anybody with the DD-214 can walk in that door um, and get the help that they need from start to finish. Uh, that's our big goal. You know, we want one big facility. We would like to have four or five of those facilities all over the country to help people out where you can come in and start physical and you have, you know, people to help you find jobs, get the mental stability that you need and get you coached in the right direction. But through that, you know, the foundation's very beginnings right now. Uh, right now we're just looking to do direct help, helping families, uh, veteran suicide awareness. Um, our nonprofit paperwork is turned in, so we're just waiting to kind of get the final word back from that. Uh, once we become a nonprofit, the, you know, the game's on after that. You know, we're really going out uh, to set up events, set up awareness. Um, we want to um, get people involved as far as what veteran suicide and PTSD really mean. Um, I think a lot of people, and you've probably seen this in social media, it's being called the crutch right now. The PTSD is, is being called the crutch of the military because uh, a lot of guys are coming back. Um, and we want to redefine what that means because um, I think people have thought it's okay and cool to say that they have PTSD uh, and using that, you know, for disabilities or as a way of an attention getter, which is kind of sad that people would do that to use that to get attention, but they are doing that. Um, and, you know, those are some educational pieces that we want to put in place to the foundation. So A lot of what military muscle, what you were talking about earlier, and now the foundation, although there's an apparel component of this, what you described in the very beginning of what your vision and purpose of the organization of military muscle, and then the foundation seems to be very much aligned. It's about bringing those veterans together, having a good workout or whatever, talking, communicating, fellowship, the whole bit, so that we have a new buddy to help us do the buddy check and take care of one another as it continues forward. It sounds like it's one solid mission with the peril that's part of it. It is. It is. You know, the overall vision would be, you know, if I could get the foundation really up and going, you know, apparel would be secondary as far as, you know, uh, the funds to be able to, to continue doing the mission every day. For me, it's very important that we go out and, and we create uh, different avenues. Um, fitness therapy groups are something that we're looking at through our foundation. Um, and fitness therapy groups is, is a different spin on therapy. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with these issues, but going, you're not going to go and talk to your therapist. You're just not going to. Right. Mental health in general for the military gets a very bad, bad link. You say mental health and people are like, whoa, whoa, yes. what are you talking about? Right. Um, if you even say that, I, if I told my troop, hey, you might want to look into that, uh, it's like cussing them out, you know, and they're not going to go and do that. They're staring clear from mental health, which is sad because those mental health facilities are there for a reason on base. They're there to help you out. But how do we get the proper help to these individuals 
And that's what my organization, that's what we need to do is we need to give them the, a different way to look at therapy. So if I can create something different through fitness and using fitness therapy groups uh, to kind of open people up, share that workout, if you will, but then having a licensed, you know, veteran therapist there, but this is about fitness, you know, right. they're in this fitness group, but the follow on is the bullshit session, right? That's what we talked about. Right. Because if I can get them there working out, bring it like Kat was talking about earlier, the mental barriers are down. I remember this through sports and you guys, you know, anybody can relate to this. My coach would impound this into my head. You will not, if you can remember this when your dog ass tired, you're going to remember this when you're out on the field and you're down on no gas, like you're going to remember how to do this. It's just going to be natural because your mental walls have been broken down. And I thought about that a lot over the years, and I was like, man, if I could do the same thing in my veteran community, if I could do the same thing through a workout, and I could break my uh, these individuals down physically, their, their walls mentally are brought so far down, they're receiving information on a very different level. Just like when you were in high school, you received those, those skills on a very different level uh, when you were completely tired. Um, and that worked very much the same way. I've, I've been out and I've tested it myself uh, in these different kinds of groups. It's amazing that how people open up once they're so tired and there's nothing else left but the bullshit because they're like, oh, you know, I wasn't going to talk about that today. You know how many times I heard that? Yeah, you know, whatever. This is what happened to me. This is what went on. You know, the conversation really opens up. Uh, and, and to be able to get them some help with the licensed therapist there to be able to do that, that's that's another that's a huge goal of that foundation and what we're trying to accomplish. Well, we appreciate what you're doing out there. How can people find out more about Military Muscle and the foundation itself, and especially if they want to contribute to Military Muscle Foundation? MilitaryMuscleInc.com. Uh, that's our main website. Um, anything that we're doing in social media, we have the Military Muscle Foundation on Instagram. Military Mu- support Military Muscle on Instagram. We're on Facebook as well. Uh, and YouTube um, under Military Muscle. We have a lot of things going on. Uh, we're trying to build the community as big as we can so we can have the biggest impact that we can. Uh, again, you know, we're, we're an apparel company with a mission. There's not, in my eyes, a lot of companies out there doing what we're doing from the level that we're doing it at. Uh, and I think that a lot of us can come together and, and make a lot of positive changes for our veterans and active duty members. What's the main next event that you're going to be at where people can catch up with you, find out more? We're going to be... At the Anaheim Fit Expo on August 27th and 28th. So we'll be out there. Maybe be at a Chick Show. Yeah, Chick's going to be uh, again. August, shameless plug. Yeah. August 20th, Fort Worth, Texas. Of course, uh, Rob, you're more than invited. A free booth, obviously, if you'd like one. Come on out, set, set your apparel up, man. Go make a few bucks, and then I'm sure we'll have some military. We've got a discount, of course, that we're offering to the military to come out uh, and support the awesome. show and come watch their, their buddies and, and uh people in the show so uh but yeah it's always uh, extended buddy all you have to remember is i'm a 2x 2x <laughs> i got you covered i got you covered <laughs> robertson x no not even <laughs> large all right man i appreciate you coming on rob and really sharing your story and information and i hope that people do go out there and check out military muscle and military muscle foundation and buy a t-shirt buy some ranger panties or silkies whatever you want to call them uh and if you're a veteran, get out there and work in the fitness. Be a part of it. Check out your fellow veterans that are out there doing it as well. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. You bet, man. It. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and at Facebook by searching at Mentors, the number four M-I-L. And please subscribe to our podcast. It's free, and it ensures you're the first to hear our latest podcast show. We have several options depending upon your device. And we're at iTunes, SoundCloud, at Stitcher, and at TuneIn Radio. 
It doesn't matter whether you are searching for your passion or purpose, finding your way through a military or civilian career, working on your fitness, or just about to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Get after it. 